Hey there, fellow travelers of the Jutland Wastes. Mark back here again for the Traveling the Jutland Waste podcast, the TJW podcast for March 17th, 2023. Hope everybody is good today and everybody had a chance to watch The Mandalorian and Bad Batch this week. I will admit I did see Mandalorian, but uh, I still haven't fit in uh, Bad Batch yet. Uh, But stay tuned for that. Um, Today on the podcast, I just wanted to go over a couple thoughts I had about uh, this third episode from season three of The Mandalorian called The Convert. Uh, This was a bit of a weird episode for me, but let me try to explain here. So um, some of the things I really enjoyed about uh, this episode, I really enjoyed this opening where we see uh, Din and Bo-Katan just as they fly out of the of uh, out of the of of those magical waters of those uh living waters back onto uh the steps there as they come on out uh Bo Katan is a little bit shaken up I think uh but really just trying to keep her poker face on <laughs> in a sense uh she asks Din did you see anything while you were down there obviously she saw that mythosaur the big eye and and uh you know and and, and this is definitely you know shaken her a little bit because it is basically um, dismissing everything that she has believed in in the past. Uh, she thought all this stuff regarding the uh, the living waters and the mythosaur was all just a bunch of uh, superstition and myth, but uh, she sees that it's real. Uh, she comes out, and, and the thing I mentioned, I think, on a previous podcast was I <laughs> I don't think she's going to take off her helmet when she gets out <laughs> when she gets out of those waters uh and she doesn't for this episode she keeps her helmet on uh she asks like i said she asked din did you see it and uh he's like no i didn't see anything down there um and he goes and he collects a little bit a vial of those uh living waters sort of like a proof that he has that 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 he was there he uh he he was in the waters and uh he bathed and i guess he's considered now uh clean so he's now he's come out but at the same time uh, Bo-Katan also has uh, gone through these waters and she has not taken off her helmet. Keep that in mind. Uh, I really liked as they were making their, as they were taking leave from that area onto their ship, how they're all of a sudden suddenly uh, attacked by these TIE interceptors. Uh, it was a lot of fun seeing a, uh, a, a battle like that. Uh, every now and then you need to have in Star Wars shows uh, those, uh, those, those space battles to uh, just bring you back to, to the excitement of seeing something like that. Uh, they, they, they're able to uh, you know, get, get away from the TIE interceptors, but they also notice as well, too, that the TIE bombers that are also released are now bombing uh, her palace, Bo-Katan's palace. So Din says, we got to get out of here because we, we, the two of us can't fight this entire fleet of, of TIE fighters and TIE interceptors and TIE bombers. So they make a jump to uh, hyperspace and they, uh, they end up at that uh, area on that planet again, almost like that hideout for the children of the watch. Um, while they're flying there, uh, it's interesting how, uh, you know, Din says, you know, he, he says, you know, Thank you. I'm not going to forget you. You've, you've. Uh, this is a favor that I that that I will never forget. Uh, this is the way, and she repeats the phrase. This is the way, and turns back and looks at him. Um, I mentioned also on the previous podcast. I definitely now think that there is some sort of romance budding between these two. 
Um, it's it's I, I I really hope they go down that direction because uh, like I said, uh, they would make one heck of a power couple. <laughs> so um, they they end up and they get to the uh, to 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 that planet where the children of the watch are. And uh, Din shows her, shows the armorer the vial of water. Uh, she tests it out and says, yes, you have been to those, uh, you've been to the waters. The other Mandalorians around them now believe that it isn't some sort of superstition, that the planet is not dead. Uh, it's safe to go there. It's safe. There are living waters there. So there is a little bit of hope for the Mandalorians. Um, but then also at the same time, uh, the the armorer also gives sort of a uh, a ruling on the status of Bo-Katan. Uh, she asks her, "You were in the waters. You you went through them, and did you take off your helmet?" And she says, "No." And then she says, "Then you are also redeemed, and you are now uh, a Mandalorian in our eyes as well, too, as children of the Watch." So I guess that that's part of why they call the uh, the episode here the convert. Um, has she has she done that? Has she uh, converted from from being, I guess, uh, one of those uh, you know non traditionalist non traditionalist Mandalorians to a more traditionalist Mandalorian who is following you know very closely to the teachings and to the creed? Um, we'll have to see and wait and see where this where this leads to. Um, but at the same time, I was also thinking about uh, Grogu. I mean, when does Grogu um, follow in the in, in in that same way that we saw that child in the first episode of The Mandalorian as he was going through the process of putting his helmet on and, and taking the creed and saying, um, I'm wondering if it's sort of like a a barbat mitzvah where you <laughs> at age 12 or 13 you 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 come to to this point and you you, you take on the responsibilities as a, as a Mandalorian. Um, but anywho, uh, that'd be interesting to see if, if we ever see a Grogu with a helmet on. Uh, I still think, I still think that there is some possibility that Grogu is going to be the one who's going to fully redeem the uh, Mandalorians. He's going to take on that, that uh, position as the Mandalorian Jedi. Uh, I think he'll have the Darksaber. I think he'll be, as he matures, he will be the one who's going to be the one leading and bring full circle uh, as there was that, you know, Mandalorian Jedi who first held the dark saber. I think Rogu is going to be also um, holding that saber as well too. But uh, before that, we I think we have a whole lot more story to to learn about uh, Bo-Katan's journey in this season. Um, I'm just wondering how how this is all going to play out. Does she stick with the creed, and she sticks with the children of the Watch? Uh, is she going to be going back to her old ways? Will we ever see Katie Sackhoff's face again on a <laughs> Star Wars show? Um, I mean, part of me is 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 really I I don't know where to think about this. I mean, it's interesting how her character at this point in time is is heading in that direction, but at the same time, you know, I have this fantastic print uh, that, I, that I bought from Dave Dorman. Of Bo-Katan, and it shows, uh, you know, Katie Sackhoff's face at the top, and then you see her, her, her with her helmet on uh, on the bottom of the print. Uh, I'm actually hoping that she's going to be coming to a Fan Expo Boston because I would really like to get that Dave Dorman print uh, autographed by her. Regardless, um, we'll have to see what happens with uh, Katie Sackhoff's character of Bo-Katan. Uh, I've always liked that character, and I'm, I'm curious to see where this is going to go. Now, many of you may have been thinking as you're listening to me going over this, uh, this, uh, this, uh, you know, my thoughts about about the episode so far that you know mark hey you're, you're missing that entire middle section of the episode and uh i'll tell you yes i i sort of uh 
the reason I did it is because <laughs> I saw the, the the beginning and the end of the show as as one show, and then we had this other extra offshoot story going on uh, in the middle of the episode. Um, what can I tell you? It's it. it <sighs> I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping the story develops a little bit more. I mean, it's it, some parts that I did like about that that middle section of the Mandalorian episode, where we we were reintroduced to uh, Doctor Pershing, and uh, we also uh, find out th that he starts a friendship of sorts. We thought with that former communications officer Elia uh, Elia Khan. So it shows here that with the New Republic in charge that they have taken, um, there's a program where they're taking former Imperial officers uh, and basically trying to rehabilitate them and bring them into the New Republic. Uh, they have a special uh, amnesty program uh, for these uh, particular individuals who want to, uh, I guess, change their ways and be, be a member of the New Republic as opposed to uh, forget their uh, Imperial beginnings. Uh, we, we see that, uh, you know, Pershing is trying, at the beginning, trying his best to, to, to live up to that. Uh, I thought it was interesting, though, how we go back to the, uh, we're back there on Coruscant, which was great to see Coruscant. I did like that part of it. Uh, and it was fun to see the opera house again, where, where Palpatine and Anakin had their discussion about Dolph Plagueis the Wise. Uh, but there was Dr. Pershing in the middle of the, uh, the opera house there. Uh, almost giving like his like a, 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 a you know a, a change of way or a change of heart speech where he's talking about uh, we learned so much about science and, and, and about cloning and hopefully that I can uh, I can use that to uh, help the new republic um, but that doesn't that doesn't go that way um, he ends up becoming uh, you know sort of like you know a, a, a paper pusher or a data analyst who sits at his, in his cubicle entering data. We find out what he's logging is uh, Imperial equipment that is set to be destroyed. The New Republic is taking inventory of all the uh, all the uh, you know, Imperial equipment, Star Destroyers, as we see later on in the episode, um, various lab equipment. Um, and he wants. we find out later that he wants to get a hold of this. At least Elia Khan tells him um, that, that he should be following his... Uh, his 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 heart and his thoughts and if he he feels that cloning is is something that that can help the new republic that he should go about and do that so the episode goes on and shows them getting on the train and they're gonna you know skip curfew and and try to find the equipment he needs so that he can do this i guess in secret and then present it to the new republic uh but that doesn't that's not how it goes down uh it seems to me that they you know this friendship that is forged between uh, Elia and Dr. Pershing. Um, they get on the train and they they sneak on. More the shape, they sneak on the train. They have to jump off the train when they get to the Imperial shipyard. Uh, they go and they take all the equipment out that they need for for him to continue his experimentation with cloning. Uh, and then she gives him up to the New Republic, uh, you know, guards who are there to to arrest him. Um, he's put in this is I thought this was really freaky how he is put almost like you know he, he's brought back to like a medical facility where they're going to erase some of his memories which really starts to show uh, you know that the New Republic does have a very dark side to it uh, that yes they don't want the Empire to come back again but I'm, I'm questioning the way that they went about and did this um, the the doctor there was like oh he were just gonna like you know 
change his thinking a little bit and change some of his memories so he doesn't have to he doesn't fall into the situation again and then uh, when the doctor leaves and she's just standing there looking at at him with this like you know brain wave thing going on uh she increases the intensity of it and it looks like it's definitely harming uh dr pershing so i am wondering whether or not uh does Pershing survive this episode? Does he uh, does he make it past this this brain uh, brain wave reformat that he's having done to himself? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, it would be weird to see that they, they get rid of the character this this soon in the, in the series. But um, I'm just curious. He's going to come out and and is is maybe he has a rejuvenation. Maybe his brain doesn't doesn't fall the way that or the, his thinking or his character doesn't, you know, change for the best. Uh, once he once he comes out of this procedure, maybe when he comes out of it, this is really where he comes out with this idea of uh, you know pushing his cloning technology to the to to the next phase. Um, and I think we all know that all of this is just leading up to uh that that situation in in rise of skywalker when we when we see uh palpatine uh looking to be you know to continue to for eternal life through you know sending his essence from one body to the next body sort of also like what we saw in the dark empire uh comic series that came out a bunch of years ago um so that, that, that part was interesting, but um, honestly, uh, <laughs> this part of the episode, I felt, was, was you know, such an offshoot, and it, it started to make me feel like I was watching an episode of Andor again. Now, I know there's a lot of people who like Andor. Um, it's not like I didn't like Andor. Okay, I will say, as I, as I think about this more over the months, uh, Andor certainly wasn't my favorite uh, Star Wars series uh, to, to, to watch. Um, I, I felt the dialogue in this part of the story, this offshoot where we're seeing the adventure of Dr. Pershing and Elia Khan, um, I thought the dialogue was a little bit weird. I thought that they pushed it too far, showing, going, keep talking about um, how much they liked the Imperial biscuits that were offered. Some like the yellow biscuits, some like the red biscuits, but it was, I thought it was a strange bit of dialogue, but it, it, it kept... It kept going back to to uh, you know to, to me thinking, gosh, are we watching an episode of Andor? Especially when you saw some of those uh, scenes where he's talking with some of the, uh, the the maybe more of the senior officials or or leadership of the New Republic outside of the Opera House. There, um, it just gave me the same vibes that I was getting when I would watch uh, Andor. Um, and I know a lot of people are probably wondering, like you know, Mark, are you still out of your mind? You don't like Andor. What can I say? I like I said, it's not that I don't like Andor, but I really like things like The Mandalorian and Kenobi. <laughs> so um, that's that. Th those are those are some of my thoughts. I'm hoping that they're going to um, bring this story together with in The Mandalorian. This is not going to be something like an offshoot story that's going to play out in another series at some other time. Um, but it was just weird how that was placed in the middle between the two stories of um, you know, of. of Din Djarin and Bo-Katan, and this one of Dr. Pershing and Elia Khan. Perhaps uh, the name of the, of the episode, The Convert, is actually um, also referring to uh, these two, these two characters that we saw in this middle part of the episode, Dr. Pershing and Elia Khan. Maybe they are the ones, or well, which one of them is the convert? Is, is, is Elia Khan the convert? Because she, she went from Imperial officer and now she is, uh, she, she's supposed to be uh, a, a New Republic under the Amnesty program, but maybe she's going to be back, going back to, to, to the Imperial uh, remnant. 
um, Dr. Pershing, maybe through this procedure, is he converted from the Dr. Pershing we know into a different Dr. Pershing who's, uh, you know, much worse. So um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. Um, it was an okay episode. Um, kept my attention. It was a little bit long. It went for almost an hour, and I was disappointed that in that hour that we didn't get more Mandalorian and more Bo-Katan story than we did uh, this this uh, story about Dr. Pershing and Elia Khan. Um, but what, let me know what you think about it. Um, did you like this episode? Do you see it uh, connecting in some way? Um, I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are about uh, this episode. So if you want, if you want to let me in on it, uh, send me a message on the Facebook page of the Traveling the Jumlin Waste podcast. Go to our Facebook page, send me a message there, and I would uh, be curious to see what you think about it. Um, some other things about the podcast going on right now. If you take a look, yesterday I posted a great picture. Um, I've been uh, sort of like sprucing up my uh, bookshelves here in the, in, the, in the official studios of the TJW podcast. And I have some great uh, pictures there of uh, how I strained up. I had one shelf done, and then I went to the next shelf, and I was playing around with uh, some of the books there. And uh, I was able to put up, you know, I have, I, I got this great, uh, I got during, uh, during Hanukkah, I got a uh, Black Series Ray Skywalker lightsaber, which I love. It is just an amazing prop to have. Really nice collectible. And it's there on the shelf uh, in front of some of these great Barnes & Noble you go collected editions of uh, the original trilogy. Uh, I also have the Kenobi, the Kenobi book, Tales of Kenobi, The Mandalorian Wars and the Han Solo trilogy, so my uh, lightsaber's in front of that. Uh, but I also have some great uh, artwork by Patrick Davis. If you want to check out his stuff, go to his Facebook page. Uh, the Davis Arts, I believe. Or Dave, let me check the image, because I want to make sure I get this uh, right here. Let me just take a look here quickly. Uh, go to Davis Arts Fandoms Illustrated. Uh, you can see a lot of his great artwork there. I think he even has like a, uh, a, a button there where you can actually purchase some of his work. Uh, but if you want to get something great, <laughs> what I did, I, I purchased one of his uh, sketch cards. Uh, he did this fantastic one of Rey uh, from The Rise of Skywalker in her meditation stance just floating above the forest there or the jungle, uh, which I really enjoy. As well as I got this great magnet. Uh, nice big magnet, soft big magnet that I put in front of my uh, lightsaber there, which shows Rey igniting her lightsaber there on Tatooine. So uh, that is fun to have, as well as I got an Amazon exclusive Funko Pop of Rey in her meditation stance as well, too. So I put pictures of that on the, uh, the Facebook page. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Uh, do you have some great looking shelves as well, too, with all your expanding universe uh, books and, and, and props and, and, and figures? Uh, I'd love to see what you, what, what you have. Send me, send me a picture or send me a photo on the, uh, or message me on the uh, Facebook page for the Traveling with Gentleman Waste podcast, and I'd love to see it. Okay, uh, that's all for now. I hope everybody's going to have a great weekend. I'm hoping to have my thoughts um, out here on the, on the next podcast regarding the Bad Batch. And I think I'm also going to be doing a little bit of a review of the uh, art prints, that are, the Star Wars Celebration art prints that are going to be available at Star Wars Celebration Europe in April. So uh, hopefully I will have that done soon as well. It's always fun to go through uh, those Star Wars prints and to see what they're all about. So with that, have a wonderful, wonderful weekend, everybody. And uh, I look forward to talking to you soon. Have a good one, all.